If you'd like to spend some time with real people with a real heart for God, we welcome you to visit us at Harvest Church in Alexandria, Virginia. Our Sunday morning services are held at 1030, and our Family Night Fellowship takes place on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Come experience God's awesome, life-changing power as we worship in His presence, fellowship with one another, commit to discipleship, and share God's love through evangelism. For more information or directions, visit HarvestNova.com. That's HarvestNova.com. We've been doing a series on the kingdom. The kingdom. And I want to begin today by uh, just doing a quick review of last week's message. Uh, the mystery of the kingdom. A few things that we said last week, and the reason I'm doing this is because I believe one message builds on the other, and uh, I, I want us to, um, as much as possible, retain what God is saying to us. Uh, we said that last week in the mystery of the kingdom, uh, the, the two parts of that mystery revealed, first of all, we said mystery in the biblical sense is not a, you know, a, a whodunit or a thriller, uh, but a, a mystery in the biblical sense is something uh, in the plan of God that was previously undisclosed but has now been revealed. And so the mystery of the kingdom was revealed in the New Testament and we said it had two parts. First thing we said uh, last week was that in this present age the kingdom of God is advancing by attacking Satan's kingdom, not earthly kingdoms. You see, the, 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 the New Testament people of God, John the Baptist primarily among them, uh, were looking for the fulfillment of Daniel's prophecy when the kingdom of God would come and, and uh, destroy all earthly kingdoms and God would set up his final kingdom. Uh, well, he didn't see that happening in the New Testament. The reason was it was not yet time for that, but it was time for God's kingdom through the person of Jesus Christ to come and to attack the kingdom of Satan by invading men's hearts, by changing men and women from the inside out. The second part of the mystery of the kingdom we said was that the kingdom rule of God can be received or rejected. The kingdom rule of God can be received or rejected. And along with that, we looked at the parable of the sower and the soils. We said uh, there, were, there were four types of soils which represented four types of hearts and their receptivity uh, to the kingdom rule of God. First of all, we said hard hearts reject the kingdom. You ever know someone with a hard heart? Completely closed-minded to the gospel. Hard hearts reject the kingdom. Superficial hearts, secondly, give up during tough times. And the reason we said was because they're not rooted in Christ. They, they, they receive Christ. They love the atmosphere, the praise and worship like we've experienced today. They love the fellowship. They, they love all the trappings of, of uh, you know, the Christian faith. But they don't get rooted deep down in God's word and rooted down in Christ. And so what happens is when the heat comes, when the trouble comes, uh, their faith withers and dies. Thirdly, we said divided hearts become distracted by earthly things. This was the, the soil with thorns. They too receive the word of God, but the, the cares of this life, uh, the enticement of, of wealth, and various things in this life distract them. And, and keep them from being uh, wholehearted followers of Jesus Christ. And so their faith is choked off. But fourthly, we said that fruitful hearts are receptive and productive. That is, they receive the word of God and they produce fruit. Uh, they, they produce a spiritual maturity. They win souls to Christ. Uh, they influence people uh, for the gospel. They exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. And we said that we all want to have 
uh, those kind of fruitful hearts. Well, now we're caught up on last week's message. I want uh, today to continue in Matthew 13, um, beginning at verse 31. We'll share that with you. It says this, speaking of Jesus, it says, He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. Uh, This short passage contains the third and fourth of a series of parables Jesus told about the kingdom in Matthew 13. They tell us in slightly different ways how the kingdom of God, or kingdom of heaven as Matthew calls it, same thing, how the kingdom of God is continually expanding. The kingdom of God is continually growing. Now we said in the first message of this sermon series on the kingdom that the church is not the kingdom. Many people throughout the ages have Uh, 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 conflated the church with being the kingdom. The church is not the kingdom, but we said that the church bears witness to the kingdom of God. Of course, the kingdom of God is the, the kingdom authority, the sovereignty of Almighty God. The church bears witness to that. Today, we're celebrating 30 years. I can't, I don't look that old, do I? Don't answer that. We're celebrating 30 years of playing our small part in expanding the kingdom of God. And that's what it's all about, church. Expanding the kingdom rule of Almighty God. And so I'm thankful that we've been able to play a small part in that. You know, it's easy sometimes to look at current events and get the idea that God's kingdom isn't expanding, that it isn't growing. We could look at current events and get that idea. We could easily conclude that the church is on the losing side of history, but this passage tells us that nothing could be further from the truth. So for the next few minutes, I want to answer the question from these two uh, small parables, Brother Dave, of, uh, of Jesus. How is the kingdom of God, of which the church is a part, continually expanding? How is the kingdom of God continually expanding? The first thing we see is that it's expanding from an insignificant beginning to an all-encompassing dominion. It's expanding from an insignificant beginning to an all-encompassing dominion. Jesus compares the kingdom to a mustard seed, which he calls in verse 32, the smallest of your seeds. And, And though the mustard seed isn't the smallest seed known to be in existence today, It was the smallest seed known to man at that time in that region of the world. Jesus said uh, that despite being so small, the mustard seed grows into the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. Under the right conditions, a mustard tree could grow to a height of 10 feet, which would be large for a garden plant. Matter of fact, this was a proverbial in that culture, the, the, the growth of this uh, fairly large tree from this tiny, tiny seed. Jesus here is saying that though the kingdom of God seemed insignificant in its beginning here uh, in its manifestation on earth, it will one day be an all-encompassing dominion. How many believe that? 
How many know that one day uh, the, the, the King of Lord Jesus Christ, the King of the universe, will rule over all? And the Bible says every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, amen, that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. Church, that time is coming, but it's not here yet. And so, uh, like that mustard seed, the kingdom of God uh, seemed insignificant. Think about this, a baby born in a manger of all places in a tiny little town of Bethlehem. It wasn't a metropolis, okay? Obscure birth in an obscure part of the world in spite of the angels and, and we, we, we know they announced to the shepherds, the wise men came, don't misunderstand me. It's one of the greatest events in all of history. But in terms of secular history, in terms of its importance in this world, it was not considered a major event. And yet this little baby grew to be an adult and led this, uh, let's just say it, kind of ragtag band of disciples. They were a mess. You know, if you ever, if you ever feel like Rod was talking about earlier, if you ever feel like a mess and like you just can't get it together, all you got to do to comfort yourself is just look at some of the Bible characters, right? They were a mess too. And these disciples were a mess. And these were the ones Jesus was leaving to transform the world. But yes, they were. And yes, they did through the power of the Holy Spirit. And here we are 2,000 years later lifting up the name of this little baby born in a manger, the name of Jesus. Talk about something seemingly insignificant growing to become uh, a, a universal thing, a universal kingdom. Anybody ever hear of a little company named Apple? A few of you have? I think they make some sort of devices. I won't ask how many iPhones we have here, Apple devices we have here. Many of you know the story that the beginning of, of Apple, it was started by two guys named Steve, two computer nerds, Steve Jobs and, and Steve Wozniak. And they started it uh, in the uh, garage of Steve Jobs' parents' home. That was back in 1977. Nobody you know, thought much of this little tiny startup company. But 31 years later, in 2018, Apple made history by becoming the world's first publicly traded company to achieve a market capitalization of $1 trillion. $1 trillion with a T. And I, I'm not a math major, but I think a trillion is a thousand billion. Is that right? That's, that's a good chunk of change. How did it start? From nothing. Matter of fact, any great corporation, any great business, any great enterprise started as a seed, as an idea, started in insignificance. And as far as its manifestation here on earth, the kingdom of God was the same way. But look at what God is doing around the world. Someone once said, what may not look like much to the world will in fact fulfill all God's promises. 
No matter how things look in the world, the kingdom of God on earth is continually growing, expanding, until one day its reign will be absolute. Every time a soul gets saved, every time someone gets filled with the Holy Spirit, every time someone is delivered from a life-controlling addiction, every time a broken marriage is restored, every time a sick body is healed, the kingdom of God is expanding, it's growing. The kingdom rule of God is being extended. Rod and Sonia were sharing with us. They get invited to all types of uh, churches and, and, and meet with ministers of all denominations. And they were sharing with us how, how uh, they've been invited to meetings with uh, non-Pentecostal pastors and non-Pentecostal church leaders who, who, whose doctrine officially in their denominations doesn't, uh, doesn't include the, what's, what's front and center in, in our Assemblies of God doctrine, the, the, the doctrine of the baptism in the Holy Spirit uh, with the initial physical evidence of speaking in other tongues, and so, which we believe, of course, and the Bible teaches to empower us. Their, their church doctrines don't believe it, but God is filling them with the Holy Spirit because they're hungry and they're weeping before God. They're hungry and we're thirsting for God and are thirsting for God. You see, that's the kingdom of God being extended. And, and, you know, if, if COVID has taught us anything, I even hate to mention that word anymore. I'm just sick of that word. Okay, I won't say it anymore. But if that, that experience has shown us anything, it's that church attendance will sometimes grow and it will sometimes shrink. <laughs> and, it, 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 and, and churches all around the nation and the world uh, have experienced what we've experienced. They, they've experienced growth at times, and they've experienced, especially in the last couple of years, in their, in their attendance anyway on Sunday morning, just a, a contraction, a, a shrinkage. And I, I, I don't, I don't want to be disingenuous this morning. I am like every other pastor on the planet in that I would love to see these pews filled every Sunday. That's a, that's a news bulletin, isn't it? I'd love to see this place full. I would love this church to be filled to overflowing. But I do want to say this, regardless of the size of church attendance on Sunday morning, more important than building up the size of the church is building up the kingdom of God, extending the kingdom of God, hallelujah. And we need to be people of the kingdom. We need to be people whose heart is saturated with a motivation to share the kingdom uh, love and the kingdom rule of Almighty God with every soul on the planet. Praise God. Praise God. I thank God for the part Harvest Church has played in expanding God's kingdom, as I said earlier. And I pray that we will continue to follow his leading as we expand the kingdom of God in the future. Yes, let's build up the church, but more importantly, let's build the kingdom of God. Let's extend the kingdom rule of God. Let's extend the love of Almighty God to those with whom we come in contact. The church, the kingdom rather, is expanding from an insignificant beginning to an all-encompassing dominion. What's the second truth we find in this uh, passage. The, the kingdom of God is expanding from an imperceptible presence to a permeating influence. From an imperceptible presence to a permeating influence. In the second parable we're looking at today, Jesus compared the kingdom of heaven 
to, quote, yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough, end quote. The Greek word here translated mixed can also be translated as the word hid. And many translations of this passage actually translate it that way. A woman hid, the kingdom of God can be compared to yeast that a woman hid uh, in the dough. When a woman in that day would bake bread, she would place a tiny amount of dough with yeast in it into the larger lump of flour without yeast, and she would mix and knead all the flour together. Uh, though that small amount of yeast was imperceptible, so minuscule, you couldn't see it, you didn't know it was there. When the bread baked, it would cause the dough to rise. Of course, we know that. Now, in most places in Scripture where yeast or leaven, as the King James Version calls it, is mentioned, it's a symbol of sin or evil, but that's not a universal meaning. Some have mistakenly interpreted it as, as evil or sin in this passage. Jesus is not using it that way. He's using it in a positive way. Back, remember when the Israelites fled Egypt and God told them to bake bread without yeast. Uh, and the, the, the notion there wasn't that yeast represented evil. Baking bread without yeast represented haste because they were to leave Egypt quickly. And so afterward, when the Israelites uh, would make bread during the Feast of Passover, their bread uh, was made without yeast to commemorate this occasion. But here, as I said, Jesus uses yeast in a positive way to describe how the kingdom of God, though often unseen, is nevertheless spreading its permeating influence throughout the world. When an individual accepts Christ as Lord and Savior, his or her, he or she receives the kingdom of God into their lives. And it begins to affect their thoughts, their beliefs, their affections, their motives, and their actions. At least it should, right? How many, how many are in agreement with me on that? When the kingdom authority of God comes into your life through the love of Jesus Christ, that should affect you. It should change you, just like, just like yeast causing uh, the flour the, the, to, to rise as bread, bread is baked. And so when the kingdom uh, of God comes into a person's life, it should affect them, it should change them. And as that takes place, God can use that individual to influence the lives of many others around them. How many have ever had water leak into your basement. That's fun, isn't it? We have had, I've mentioned this before, not lately, thank God, but we have had so many water leaks in our basement. We had a, 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 a hot water heater go bad and leak water all over. We had uh, separated downspouts causing water. And then we had those floods. Remember, it was about 10 years ago, the, the church basement got flooded. Our, we came home on a Wednesday night after church and found about three inches of water, standing water in our entire basement. You know, it was, it was lovely. And you know, when you have a, a, a part of a, of a room, if it's carpeted, you have it soaked, right? You, you feel, okay, it's wet over here. So you peel the carpet back to here where you think the water stopped. But then what happens? You peel it back a little, oh, it's under there. Under, and what do you find? The whole carpet has to come up. 
and it gets under the, 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 the floorboard, and it gets every, it seeps, every, it permeates the place. Well, of course, that's a, that's a negative example, but it's an example of permeation. It just flows everywhere. I'll tell you another thing that permeates, and, and th this is just the thing with me. Christmas tree needles, right? When my wife and I got married, I think our first, I think it was just our first year, we had a real tree, maybe one or two, I think the first year. And of course, there were needles everywhere, and so we're getting an artificial tree. Of course, uh, there are a lot of benefits to having an artificial, and we've had different artificial trees ever since. I think my wife wants to put it up earlier and earlier every year. I think she'd put it up now if, if she could. But, um, but I said, one of the benefits, we're going to have this artificial tree, and we won't have needles everywhere. Ha, ha, ha. I think artificial trees drop more needles. And just last week, this is what, May 22nd? Last week at home and here at the church, I found some stray fake Christmas tree needles. And we vacuumed, we've cleaned. Uh, some of you helped us clean up. They're everywhere. We'll be finding them next December from last year. Right? They're everywhere. Well, in a positive sense, as the kingdom of God expands, what we find is, though it, it may uh, seem, uh, you know, inconspicuous, though it may seem at times imperceptible, praise God, the kingdom of God is permeating everywhere. Hallelujah. Church, we're not on the losing side today. We're on the winning side. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I think of Dr. Dr. Cho, who pastors the world's largest church, three-quarters of a million people. That's a healthy-sized congregation, don't you think? I love what he said one time. He said, you want to see my church, don't come into one of the you know, seven or eight packed services uh, on, on a weekend, on a Saturday or Sunday in our church building. They're, they're, they can't build a building big enough to hold other people one time, obviously. He says, don't come to my church service. You want to see my church in action. You go into the apartment buildings around Seoul, and you see my church members riding up and down the elevators in their apartment buildings all day long, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, you want to see my church in action, you go there. Something else I heard about, this was so awesome. Actually, Justin shared this with me, and I had to follow up on it. The Kansas City Chiefs. Any Chiefs fans here? I didn't think so. But anyway, you might be a fan after you hear this. Every uh, Sunday when there's a 12 noon home game, it's 12 noon there in, in, in the Midwest, when they have a home game at Arrowhead Stadium, there is a section of their parking lot on which they've erected a huge tent. And they have a 45-minute chapel service for... Uh, fans, anyone who wants to come. They say they, you know, they, they, they're coming to the game, they don't get to go to their own church, they have a 45-minute chapel service. It's, it's led by the chief's chaplain and regularly attended, this is so awesome, regularly attended uh, by uh, the chief's chairman and CEO, Clark Hunt, and his wife. And Clark Hunt has been quoted as saying this, he says, my identity, this is the chairman and CEO of the Kansas City Chiefs, he said, my identity is my faith in Christ. Matter of fact, we have a picture, there it is. That's their chapel service. Isn't that awesome? The kingdom permeating, permeating, seemingly, seemingly invisible at times. 
seemingly imperceptible, but it's permeating. It's moving. God is moving by His Holy Spirit. A permeating influence. Church, as ambassadors of God's kingdom, we are called to announce, to demonstrate, and to live out the kingdom authority of Almighty God in all areas of society. You see, it's true that when we're kingdom-minded... I want you to catch every word this morning. When we're kingdom-minded, we're not primarily focused on our benefit, our comfort, our well-being, but we're primarily focused upon promoting the kingdom, upon influencing those around us to receive the kingdom authority of God into their lives. I'm so very thankful, as I've already said, for the history of this, our church and I want us to continue to be a place where people's needs are met. But I want our church primarily to be a place where Christians are trained and empowered to permeate our society with the kingdom of God. I said last week, this is the, we, we talk about electronic devices and we have charging stations. This is the charging station. This is where we get full of the Holy Spirit and go out and impact the kingdom around us. Seemingly imperceptible, in quiet ways, but it's permeating, permeating, influencing, touching lives with the message of the kingdom. In conclusion this morning, it would be so easy to look around at society and all the difficulties our church has experienced, and we've experienced some. It'd be easy to look at that and lose heart. And it'd be easy to conclude that there's no evidence that the kingdom of God is expanding. But I'm here to tell you today, this kingdom is God's kingdom. Hallelujah. It's expanding. At times it may seem insignificant, but it is growing and becoming an all-encompassing dominion. It may seem imperceptible at times, but its permeating influence is flowing throughout the earth. 